FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 265 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason Venable, and I'm flying solo today. It's just me. This happens every now and then. And I think it usually happens uh, every year right before the holidays. Um, just a lot going on in the, in the world of the podcast that goes snicked as far as the host. Um <laughs> You know, we got lots of preparations going on for the holidays. Uh, Denise is in full swing, making pralines for friends and family, which, you know, who never had her pralines. Boy, some good stuff. Um, you know, and just, man, I, I honestly don't know how having a middle schooler and a toddler at the same time that we get anything done. <laughs> anyway, nonetheless, here I am sacrificing one of my lunch breaks so I can talk to you guys just a little bit, catch up on some news and some comics, um, you know, for the, the, technically the end of November, I think one of these issues came out the last week of November, the fifth week of November, and then, um, you know, also the beginning of December here as we kind of kicked off, uh, the holiday season with, you know, lots of Wolverine goodness, um, but yeah, yeah, so, Happy holidays, wherever or whichever, if any, you celebrate. I hope you're enjoying your time. Um, if nothing else, I always love winter. So, you know, it's weird being in Dallas uh, or Dallas area, DFW. Um, Texas this past weekend got snow pretty much everywhere except Dallas, including parts that, like, never get snow. Like down on the coast, like in Corpus Christi, Um San Antonio got some snow, pretty rare. Um, so anyway, I just thought that was weird. My my boys, well, always not old enough to know the difference yet, but Ethan was pretty bummed. He saw lots of pictures on our relatives' Facebook feed and, and group texts and stuff of all this snow, and he's like, where's mine? <laughs> uh, so we'll see. We'll see if we get some later. I don't know. Uh, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Um, and then Pat sent me some pictures of, like, you know, blizzard weather up in Canada. So I told him uh, it's pretty insane. There's a part of me that's a little bit jealous, but I understand I probably wouldn't want to do that for like the whole winter. So maybe I'm not that jealous, but you know, just just a hair, just a tiny bit. Wouldn't mind having that for like a couple of days. (laughs) But then I would want to come back to Texas. (laughs) Anyway, Pat, hope you're keeping warm up there. Um, so yeah, news, lots of news going on. We talked with, um, Dan and Georgie about the, uh, the original kind of Fox Disney rumors. And at that point they looked to kind of have gone kaput. So we just talked about, you know, whether we thought it was a good idea, bad idea, what we'd like to see out of it, if it happened, whatever. Well, apparently all those rumors have raged back to life, um, in fact, by the time you listen to this, something may have been announced. Um, if what the interwebs says is true, that you could be, see something, you know, early this week. 
And depending on when I drop this, you know, it might be right around the same time. Or maybe it'll just turn out to be more rumors after all. But um, I think the most interesting part, you know, if you want to hear what, what Dan and I ha- and Georgie had to say about it, you know, you can listen to the last couple episodes where we talk about it. Um, and I didn't really, I was hoping to talk with Denise a little bit about that. I think, I think she kind of fell on the same page from a comic book standpoint. Awesome. From a overall movie making standpoint, maybe not so awesome. I think that's kind of the general, general feeling of most of the people I've talked to. Um, however, I thought maybe a little more interesting than that. Now that the rumors have gotten closer to fruition, uh, Hugh Jackman has had a little bit to say. You know, obviously Hugh Jackman is kind of the embodiment of Wolverine on screen, or at least Logan on screen. Um, hopefully, we'll see some some Laura Wolverine on screen as uh, that actress grows up. Um, but um, he had a few things to say. Basically, he said, you know, because obviously, you know, he, he's declared that Logan was his last Wolverine movie and or his last X-Men movie to be even more broad. Um, and he kind of, you know, people kind of ask because he had kind of said, you know, the only thing I have left to do is, you know, an X-Men Avengers crossover or, or at least, you know, the version of Avengers that had Wolverine on it. And he's like, you know, that's not going to happen. So called it quits. Um and he, you know, so some people have asked him, well, if, if Disney does buy Fox, would you maybe, you know, reprise the role one last time to be in an Avengers movie? And he pretty much put the squash on that. <laughs> Said, you know, he's kind of moved on to other things. Um, you know, he's getting a little, little long in the tooth for that role. Um, you know, he did say it was enticing, like interesting, and he would still love to see the universes come together on film. We'll have to see the X-Men and the Avengers interact and see Wolverine in an Avengers movie, but probably the window for him to do it has shut. Though, and this happened earlier, even a couple of years, you know, he would have heavily, heavily reconsidered his, uh, his decisions based on that. So I just thought, I mean, it's really kind of a non-story, I guess, but I thought it was interesting. Um, just to kind of see his take on it. He was excited about the possibility of, Wolverine joining the Avengers or, or you know the X-Men and the Avengers playing in the same sandbox on film but but not for him you know he's ready though he did make an interesting statement about how he felt like the landscape was kind of barren and I don't know if he was referring specifically to comic book movies like I don't really know the context um is what he said here um he said that ship has sailed for me uh do 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 Oh, well, there's not a lot of context. He just says, in a quote, never before have I felt the landscape so bare. Maybe I should be worried about that. <laughs> and then talks about some other stuff he's got work in the works. Um, so I don't know if he feels like, I don't know what that's commenting on, whether he's saying, you know, is a superhero bubble about to burst for movies or, you know, he, is he just saying, you know, I felt like I'd done everything like he mentioned earlier on the X-Men. And so there wasn't any more land to, soil to till in that, that universe. Or is it a worry, you know, and I think a valid worry and not to put words in his mouth. I'm just saying this could be a possible interpretation of his quote. You know, is he worried about the fact that 
as these things keep consolidating, we get fewer and fewer film companies. Is there going to be less good work out there? You know, less 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 things being made, less risk, less chances. Um, you know, I don't know. I think I think to contrast that, there will always be the independent spirit. But will we be able to see all those in the theater? You know, maybe not. Maybe maybe that doesn't matter. I don't know. I still like going to the theater sometimes. Don't get to a whole lot, like I said, toddler and and middle schooler. But um, but I do enjoy the experience when I get to go. And um, I don't want to consume all my movies at home. No, I like to kind of see them on the big screen sometimes. So I don't think that'll ever die out. But you know, can we see something where the theater is mostly just the blockbusters and you know, the, the the movies that outside of, of what I talk about on the podcast that I like the most probably, maybe those are, you know, in the future going to be more on, you know, your TV screen with your home theater, you know, consuming those digitally in whatever platform you desire. Um, I don't know. It's, it's food for thought. Food for thought. And this, I don't know. I'd love to hear the contrasting opinion on if anyone feels or or in the industry thinks that this merger is better for smaller films um i haven't heard a lot of that talk most of it feels like you know everything's getting too big and too much control in in the hands of too few um a valid concern but i do agree you know conceptually with jackman that it would be awesome to see wolverine and the other x-men interact with the avengers on film you know is does that make up for everything that comes with a Disney Fox merger? I don't know. <laughs> I'll read that for other pundits to decide and talk about. But um, anyway, that's not the only multimedia Wolverine news. Let me find my my link here. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? I had it up. No, I don't. Dang it. Sorry, great podcasting right here. But hitting a little close to my home as I search for this real fast. Um, there's going to be a Wolverine podcast. Oh, look at this. There's another Wolverine podcast like mine. That's not what I was going to talk about. Hmm. Have to see what's going on over there. Um... But what I'm talking about is a scripted Wolverine podcast called The Long Night. Not with a K. It's not Batman. <laughs> but um, anyway, it's kind of a lot of people are comparing it to Serial, which is a super, super popular podcast. Um, and, you know, kind of the, the scripting, the, the story. I don't know. I, I haven't really listened to it. I don't have anything negative to say about it or anything like, oh, I think that's dumb. I think it's probably a really great idea. Uh, my podcast consumption has pretty much been limited now, <laughs> um, you know, to to the podcast that I originally started listening to, uh, some comedy stuff like Comedy Bang Bang, How Did This Get Made, um, you know, Film Sack, some kind of some movie stuff, some entertainment stuff. And then the rest of what I listen to is pretty much exclusively, um, you know, people that I've met through the venture of doing a podcast. Um, a lot of my friends' podcasts, you know, anything, 
you know, obviously the Inner Comics podcast, we have, you know, some interaction with them from time to time. Love that show. Um, you know, anything that my friends John Wilson or Alice Dano do, um, you know, like the Resurrection podcast about Thanos. Uh, John uh, dips his toes in lots of different podcasts. Don't think he currently has one of his own. He's taking a little break and, you know, that's pretty awesome because he just gets to guest star and everything, including this one <laughs> from time to time. So, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty much, and I regret this already, lesson to be learned and that I should have known. Never start making a list on the fly that you haven't prepared because you will immediately begin regretting things that you forgot. I, I know as soon as I edit this, I'm going to be like, oh, I shouldn't have said this and this and this. That's not to take away from the guys I've already mentioned. All great, great podcast. Um, you know, the uh, ultimate spin about Miles Morales and the, kind of the, the non-Peter Parker Spider-Man universe. Um, uh, you know, just other stuff. Uh, all the, the Michael Bailey stuff, the two, two true freak stuff, Ra- Raging Bullets, all stuff I love to listen to. Um, you know, and, and some other X-Cast, you know, the Uncanny X-Cast, which I don't think has put anything out in a long time. But obviously, The Danger Room. I love um, uh, Jay and Miles, of course. Um, anyway, this is not a me listening podcast that I listen to. You know, you know, keep listening to mine. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not kidding. Please do. But I, that was not to me, meant to sound the way it sounded. Oh, whatever. Get this man a shovel so he can dig it. Um, anyway... Yeah, so this podcast is going to have actors and have a story and basically kind of be like a modern radio show is the kind of way I think about it. And they even said, you know, just imagine a TV show with the volume turned up but no picture. <laughs> and I kind of see it like that. So it's real interesting. It's kind of out out of continuity or really its own continuity. Um, so that some of it might be kind of early Wolverine stuff. He's up in Alaska uh, kind of immediately started thinking of Insomnia, um, you know, the Christopher Nolan movie, and just interesting how visual that was. I'm interested in how audio that could be. Um, so I think it's pretty cool. The drawback is uh, it's an exclusive deal on Stitcher Premium, which I do not have, and I'm not going to buy just for this. So I think eventually it'll be made available on other platforms for free. Um, and at that point, I will listen to it and talk about it on the show, but I will not probably pay for it. I might, but not not just for this. And there's nothing else on that I really want to listen to right now that I need to buy that I can't get somewhere else. Um, maybe that's a bad thing to say. I don't know. But anyway, I think it sounds interesting. I think, you know, they were asked about could this lead to like, you know, we have the comic book universe, the film universe, the TV universe. Could there be like our own Marvel podcast universe? And they're like, well, let's not put the cart before the horse, but maybe. <laughs> I think, you know, obviously depending on how it goes, how many people listen to it, how many DLs it gets, um, how many downloads, um, can all shape some of that up. So, um, yeah, I guess, guess we'll see what happens. But um, anyway, I thought it was very interesting and a, and a cool idea. Um, to kind of have a, a story uh, of Wolverine in Alaska trying to solve some crime and figure out his past to a degree. And so in, always an interesting take on Wolverine, you know, dealing with the, the mysterious side of him. And so I think it can be pretty interesting. And hopefully I'll get to hear it sometime. <laughs> um, 
they talked about some of the actors on there. Um, and, you know, some of them people know. I know why Scott adds it. Uh, and the guy that played Wolverine, people seemed excited. Um, I can't really remember. He's from The Hobbit and Hannibal. Richard Armitage uh, will be the voice of Logan. Um, yeah, I, I'm not real sure. But I think it could be pretty cool. A lot of other people think he'll be great at it. So I'm sure they are right. Anyway, that's that podcast. So that'll be coming, I think, early 2018, they said. And so very interesting. All right, well, we are going to move on to some comics. We're going to talk about all-new Wolverine number 27, which, of course, is Orphans of X Part 3, written by Tom Taylor, art by Juan Cabal, colors by Nolan Woodard, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, woohoo, and cover by the Dodsons. And the cover is pretty cool, though Ethan didn't like it. He's like, what is that? That looks dumb. <laughs> so sorry, Dodsons. Um, but I like it. Um, it's basically Wolverine and Dawkin um, on the cover. Uh, Wolverine looking surprised, I guess. Uh, Dawkin looking smug. And a bunch of people around them with the Orphans of X mask on. Um, Ethan did not care for the mask. And he thought... And I can't completely disagree. I thought it was kind of like funny. I think he didn't appreciate it. Um, but there's a there's a little baby on the on the cover with a, a mask on. But anyway, it's supposed to represent all the people who make up the orphans of X. And of course, as you know, postulated, and our heroes find out this time, um, you know, people that have survived or been left behind by those either directly or indirectly killed by Wolverine related violence. So anyway, remember uh everyone converged at Wolverine's cousin's house or aunt's house, um, including her mom, newly discovered, and Dawkins shows up as well. You know, after he escapes you know, the Orphans of X stronghold in the suburbs and apparently in the same neighborhood as Laura's aunt. So, anyway, they're worried that someone's coming in the room and, you know, they're hunkered down. Gabby's like, I got this. And we get a snicked. We got Jonathan perched on the couch ready to spring. And Wolverine and Dawkins come out. And, of course, he's all beat up. <laughs> and um, Gabby's like, we were going to come look for you. We found your arm, and we were a bit worried when you weren't attached to it. <laughs> and Dawkins looking around. He's like, all right, they're 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 watching you. I know they're watching you. Um, where are they? And no, no one's out there. And uh, he's, he's coming a little unhinged, and Jonathan growls at him. And he's got his gun, his little submachine gun. And Warren's like, put it down. Gabby's like, uh, you want some coffee or tea? He's like, I've been tortured for days. I just use a dog as a projectile weapon. And she's like, uh, tea? <laughs> and he says, I saw you in the house. That means they can see you in here. And he looks around. He wants to know who everybody is. Uh, so we meet Aunt Debbie, Cousin Megan, and her mom, Sarah Kinney. And he's like, you're dead, Mom, right? Who just happens to show up when a mysterious group of people are trying to torture us? That's convenient. And um, 
and you know, Aunt Debbie says, you know what? I don't know who you are. I know you're a friend of Laura's, but if you're going to wave that gun around, you got to get out of the house. Um, and Laura's like, we're all family. I mean, interesting little kind of box of panels. Um, as we see Wolverine trying to calm Doc and down, take his hand off the gun. And she's like, I can hear her heartbeat. She's not lying. Like, and no, and didn't, there was no inconsistencies. And he's like, what? And then he shoots her three times in a great page full of blam, blam, blam. And you see her body kind of shaking or convulsing from the bullet shots, you know, the gunshots as the bullets enter her. Um, and yeah, and then at the top you have the little panel of Dawkins getting ready to shoot. That's uh, just a great page, great art. And everyone's like, whoa, Sarah. And Dawkins drops the gun. They're like, please, Laura. We get an awesome, awesome snick, maybe snick of the year, um, where Laura's two claws, Wolverine's two claws, you know, we've seen one of them make like the eye and stuff in the snick, but this makes the eye in the snick, and then the other claw makes the bar of the K in the snick. It's pretty awesome. And he's like, whoa, whoa, listen. But Laura comes unglued and just starts stabbing Dawkins, and uh, Megan hits him with a frying pan. And Jonathan tries to bite him. And Gabby kicks him. And he's just trying to get everyone to stop. But they're all stabbing him. And, and much to Dan's chagrin, she pulls out a foot snicked. And strips him across the chest. And he's like, it's not her. That wasn't your mother. And he's, she again says, but, but her heartbeat. I heard it until you stopped it. And she stabs him again. And... Her mom's like, Laura? And everyone rushes over there. And then she says, we're coming. And her eyes open and green. The orphans of X, we're coming for you. And they, they say their gig, you know. You and your kind have taken away friends, husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, children. And you left us behind, hundreds of us. We've had to watch, revolted while the world ignores your crimes. We will work together to see your kind never hurt anyone again. We will end you. We will work for a world where there will never be another orphan of X. And Dawkins says, you know, her heartbeat never changed because she never lied. They were lying through her. You know, you were cloned 20 years ago or so. Um, wow, that makes... I wonder what that does to continuous Marvel continuity, <laughs> placing a 20-year cap on that. Um but anyway, uh, but she's like, I guess it almost has to be because she's got to be at least 20, right? Um, anyway, uh, you know, he says, think of what they've cloned since then. How much, how many advancements they've made, you know? It's not your fault for being fooled, She, but she was bait. What did you tell her? And she says, nothing. I, I told Captain Marvel to get rid of the blade. But she knows where it is. And we know, or she, they know that that Captain Marvel is going. And so then we find out there's an orphan of X in Shield. So that's how they can track Captain Marvel. Um, and they follow her, and they have a big orphan of X robot. And interesting, and I forgot about this, but um, the blade and Dawkins' claws are buried at uh, Logan's mom's grave, Elizabeth Howitt. Um, and Captain Marvel is going to pull him up with this giant Orphan of X destructor robot drops out of the sky um, 
and just a great page of, of it rocketing down to Carol and trying to take her out. Um, Dawkins changes into some pink PJs that are obviously the cousins. They're <laughs> just way too small, way too tight. Um, and they all run out to the car and they're gonna go, um, gonna go find everybody. Um, Dawkins like, I'll drive, and I kind of this kind of bothered me a little bit. I was like, no, I'll drive. I have two arms, which. I think my brother John would be insulted by that, you know, having, having, you know, been born with an arm, a left arm that stops at the elbow and, you know, has done everything in life that everybody else can do. I think he would argue, hey, I can drive just fine. Of course, by the time he started driving, he'd had, you know, 15 years to get used to doing things and, you know, Doc, in, in theory, just lost his arm. No, it's again. So he's probably learned how to drive. But anyway, whatever. Um. Tic Tac, right? Um, so the Orphans of X take out Carol. Um, they have the claws and the fragments of the blade, and they're going to use it to make some new weapons and hunt down all the Wolverines. Thought this art was pretty great, even a little better maybe than than the previous chapters. Um, it's really, really good, really good. Um, thought the story was a lot of fun too. Um, you know, somewhat predictable with the mom, right? We, you know, Denise and I talked about that last time. Um, so not a huge just shock there, but it still played out pretty well. And I didn't really see her. I mean, once it kind of happened, I knew, yeah, she's she's gonna lose it. But had you asked me last issue, I didn't really see the resolution being that the war was just gonna tear Doc in a new one, you know, because he took the mom out. Um, so that was kind of a surprise. Um, anyway, I'm, this book just continues to be one of the best books on the shelf. Um, I'm going to give All New Wolverine number 27 six out of six claws. Uh, we'll get Denise's opinion when we catch up on the next issue. Um, she's not read it yet, but if I had to guess, she's going to give it a four or a five. <laughs> but um, probably won't like the art quite as much as I did, but I loved it. I thought thought this was a great issue, a, a perfect chapter in this book, and really excited to see where it goes next. Um, all right, so next up is Old Man Logan, number 31, Scarlet Samurai, part one. Written by Ed Brisson, art by Mike Diodato Jr., colors by Frank Martin, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, woohoo, and the cover by Mikesh Singh. Um, pretty great cover. Uh, it's Old Man Logan in the rain with the Scarlet Samurai, and, and she has her mask removed her helmet off but a knife as they embrace she's about to stag old stab old man logan in the back um we don't know who this character is and we don't find out in this story i'm worried you know just based on the picture and the embrace um that it might be mariko and i really don't want it to be not not because like that's holy ground that can't be touched or anything, though I've made it very, very abundantly clear that Mariko is my favorite Wolverine lover. Um, but it's not like, like, like can't take the story. I just honestly had hoped, you know, as old man Logan, I'm hoping eventually goes away and we get Logan back that they could have gone that whole story and Mariko just never even knew about old man Logan and never has to come into play. Um, so if she does, I'll be disappointed by that. But uh, it's a pretty great cover, nonetheless. Um, just hugging, embracing in the rain. 
So we talk about, you know, Old Man Logan's in Tokyo, and he talks about how he used to hate the noise of the city, but all those time, all that time in the wasteland, he kind of begun to miss it. So here he is, just trying to get a drink, but of course, he can't go anywhere, anywhere without trouble following him. And so the trouble follows. Uh, there's some guys in a bar fight. Uh, they're beating up some guy. He's like, hey, you know what? How about y'all just quit fighting, and I'll buy all the drinks. And they're like, get out of here, old man. And they immediately start trying to murder him. Um which, of course, does not end well for them. But he starts cutting off hands and stuff, and they start growing back. So he's like, oh, a uh, new strategy. And just knocks him out with his adamantium fist. And then he takes a guy and says, all right, a group of y'all, a little much to handle. When you heal that fast, one of you, I can cut you up real slow. So tell me what I want to know. And then, of course, he does. Um, we find out it's all linked back to the Yoshida Corporation, with the you know the younger silver samurai is making this drug regenex or regenex however you want to say it um and helps people grow back but there's a guy in his lab stealing from him he busts him and drops him off a roof and then of course old man logan finds the same warehouse and starts busting some heads wants to figure out what's going on fights some ninjas cuts some people up uh, there's an awesome thing where he does the classic three claw under the chin interrogation. He goes, one, two, trust me, you don't want to see three. <coughs> so, um, anyway, then we see the hand and Gorgon comes after the silver samurai. They've been trying to, he's been trying to do a hostile takeover. Um, the silver samurai is prepared for the hand. He has a whole set of just hand-only defense situations. But uh, Gorgon's like, oh, yeah, you beat us, but it, we were just a distraction. And then the scarlet samurai shows up and stabs him in the back. And that's it. Stabs him right through the chest. He looks pretty, pretty probably not, but looks dead. Um, and to be continued. Uh, then we can get our legacy back up, of course, by... Robbie Thompson, Andrea Sorrentino, yay! Lee Luffridge on the colors of EC's Corey Pettit, woohoo on the letters. Um, it just kind of talks about, um, you know, who he is, Old Man Logan, you know, he did the Wasteland thing, all the things he lost, but now he's here with a chance to start over, to make a difference, and he goes, I can't save my family, but I'll fight to save those I can. Great art, great little, you know, it's whatever, a little catch-up. Um, yeah, so the story was interesting. Um, I guess, you know, I like like seeing the Silver Samurai, and I'm interested to see who the Scarlet Samurai is. Um, yeah, it was fine, and the art was really good, Diodato. Um, you know what? I like this a lot better than the Hulk story, so already. <laughs> I'll give, um, I'm right between a three and a four, um, kind of see where it goes. Wasn't bad for an introductory chapter. Um, I think I like the art enough that I'll give it four out of six claws. Denise would probably not like this as much, if I had to guess, but we'll find out later. All right, well, moving on to Sabretooth and Iron Fist number 75. Is Sabretooth round two of part three? Right? Uh, maybe. I think so. Anyway, uh, written by Ed Brisson again. Uh, art by Mike Perkins. Colors by Andy Troy. 
Letters by VCs Travis Wanham and the cover by Jeff DeCall or Decal. Um, I hope he's not a sticker. Probably DeCall. Um, we have more rain. An iron fist on a rooftop and saber tooth jumping behind him. Uh, not as much fun maybe as the last cover, but still pretty great. Uh, still pretty good. Um, so remember, they're tracking down the, the book of the Iron Fist and the new constrictor, Sabretooth and Iron Fist and the unlikely alliance as their odds, you know, or as their their goals are similar. Um, so anyway, as they all converge and Choshin with his uh, Wushu um, uh, people, we're going to try to use the book of the Iron Fist to go back to Kun Loon. Um, or kind of one, I think that how do they say it when they say it out loud on the TV show. And that has to be official, right? I guess. Um, anyway, lots of fighting. Sabretooth goes nuts, finds out, turns out this new constrictor was Frank's son, and he runs off with the book, but the book disappears. So while Sabretooth is interrogating constrictor's son. He suddenly has a change of heart. doesn't want to murder this guy anymore. Um, and Iron Fist is like, how can you believe him? What if he's just saying that to save his skin? He says, well, maybe I don't know for sure, but like, if it adds up. Like, his where he says his mom was, we were there at the time, you know. I don't know who she was, but I knew Frank had a, had a lady. So, I mean, could have had a kid, right? And Iron Fist is like, all right, well, let's get to the hospital and... You know, go find the book of the Iron Fist. And Sabretooth's like, no. This kid's dying. I'm going to the hospital. You go find the book. You're on your own. And Iron Fist is like, of course. All right. He goes back inside to the fight, tries to find the book, but it's gone. Choshin ran off with it, got it from the constrictor. And he's got the dead, detached hand of Zhang Di, the shortest to live of all Iron Fist. <coughs> And, um, he's able to use the hand, you know, to read the book and take his people back to Kunlun. Um, Sabretooth takes the kid to the doctor, to the hospital, and they take him into the ER. Um, Iron Fist continues to fight, and he finally finds out that Choshin has the book, is gone. And Iron Fist is like, what am I going to do? Where is he going? And Sabretooth shows up in the window and says, all right, I got this. We can track him. And Iron Fist is like, I thought you left me. He's like, well, you know, I want to kill the bastards that, that did this to Frank's son. When they show up just a hair too late, um, as Choshin has opened the portal early to Kun Lun, they're going through. And Iron Fist and Sabretooth follow them through in a great splash page of them jumping through the portal. They land in the snowy mountains and Saber, uh, Iron Fist is like, that's it. That's my home. Kun Lun. Uh, we got to go help save it. So, still an enjoyable story. Art's really good. Story's pretty good. I'm going to give Iron Fist number 75. Uh, and I thought Sabretooth what, did what he would have done, right? He gets in there, enjoys the fight, and uh, is ready to kill the, the pretender constrictor when he finds out it could be Frank's son. He has a change of heart and wants to help him, even if that means bailing on Iron Fist. But then once he knows the kid is safe, he goes back and 
not to help Iron Fist, but to get revenge. It all adds up for Sabretooth. Like, I think Brisson writes him really well. Writes, he just, as much as I've been mostly down a little up, maybe this issue on Old Man Logan, you know, I do like Brisson a lot, and this is a book that I love. Um, I'm going to give Iron Fist number 75, five out of six claws. All right, so some other odds and ends. Um, just briefly mentioned Hawkeye number 13. Uh, of course, Wolverine and Gabby were in number 12. And so they made the recap page uh, talk about Jonathan and Lucky the dog. Might have a, a dog mance. Um, anyway, uh, this is, uh, you know, Kate and Clint back on the case together. Uh, they're going to go try to find Kate's mom. But first, they got to stop someone from killing Clint. And it's the lady from the Generations issue. Um but anyway, I don't want to talk about it too much. Just to say, I just wanted to bring it up because I love this book. And if you're not reading it, you should read it. Hawkeye is just a, a fantastic book. It's just great, 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 great stuff. And you should read it. Number 13 is no exception. Um, I guess since they're on the recap, I can do a grade. I'll do a 6 out of 6 clause. Uh, so some other stuff that I didn't read. I did not get the second issue of Cable Story with X-23. I went through it. I didn't. I didn't like the first issue, first of all. So, strike one. Don't really care for the art. Uh, strike two. And it looked like X twenty three was just, you know, basically a glorified dog. She was rough and gruff like old school Logan, and was used to track things and to fight. Um, so it didn't really seem like they were using her in a very interesting way. Uh, so that's strike three. Um, funny enough, I think that's also Ed Brisson, isn't it? So, man, he's all over this episode. Anyway, I skipped it. Um, so maybe I'll go back and look at it later, but, um, not now. Another book I also bailed on, not because I don't like it, um, though with the creative change, I did not care as much for the art, but I decided, you know, in the constant struggle to, to budget and to figure out how I'm going to spend my limited comics budget. Um, I decided that I, you know, made a clean break with Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows um, with the new, with the time jump and the new creative team and everything. Not that I'm bailing on it, but since it doesn't really, since, you know, it's its own continuity and doesn't play into the universe as a whole, I decided I could, could bear to wait and read that when it comes out on Marvel Unlimited. Um, I do want to read it. I'm very interested in it. I really enjoyed the first kind of volume, I guess. or It was probably two trades worth, but the first kind of big story um, with Jerry Conway and Ryan Stegman, I, I enjoyed a lot. I uh, had a lot of fun. It's one of the better spider books. And I, I think this one will be just as good. And I bring it up because um, in this in this timeline, Wolverine is the headmaster at the Xavier School um, where Peter and Mary Jane's daughter is now enrolled and potentially from the storyline been there quite a ways in form relationship and it looks fun uh, and like I said um, wasn't crazy about the new art but am looking forward to catching up on it later and maybe I'll, I'll think to mention it at that point but um, it is a really good book if you have unlimited budget I would suggest buying it um, I just I had to make a tough choice and that one went on the wait till later pile um, unfortunately, because I did, did love the first, first 12, I think, whatever it was, issues a lot. Um, and I'll miss it, but you know, I, I can only buy so much, unfortunately. 
So anyway, that's it. That's everything you need to know about Wolverine this week, I guess. <laughs> According to me. Maybe that other podcast has something else to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean. There is a very big scene with room for lots of podcasters, and I'll give it a listen, and maybe we can cross over at some point down the road if they're interested. So um, anyway, yeah, um, that's going to do it. So until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye-bye. And, oh, wait. Shoot. Plugs. Got to plug myself. <laughs> oh, that sounds weird. Um, anyway, um, Twitter is at SnickCast. Facebook page you can like. It's <laughs> the weirdest way to say that sentence possible, I think. It's very lyrical. Um, and, uh, of course, show notes and stuff, if you like that, is at SnickCast.Podbean.com. So now, until next time, sincerest hugs and snicks. Snick you later. Bye-bye. And snacked.